hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business, and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle business or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so, so excited for this episode today because you guys are about to meet my friend, Allie Heatherly, um, who is not only my friend, but now she is my co-worker, I guess. Um, so her, she and her company, uh, that didn't make sense, but I, whatever, um, is um, going to be sponsoring the podcast and I'm really excited to see what kind of partnership we come up with as like time moves forward. Um, She's not only a business owner and um, she does lots of cool things that she'll talk about in a minute, but um, she's also an ex-hun. So we love to support ex-huns and uh, their new adventures and their legitimate businesses. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? outside of MLM life and then we can go into your MLM story. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Hi guys. Oh my God. So exciting. I'm fangirling a little bit. Um, (laughs) And I love like to wear that, to wear that title of ex-hun because like you'll hear in my story that like I didn't even identify as an ex-hun until I heard your podcast. So yeah. Um, my name is Allie Heatherly and the company that I run is called Thrive Mind and I do um, a lot of traditional work that I started doing with Thrive Mind was like social media, marketing, copywriting, making websites and then I started like having these conversations with people and I realized that there are a lot of women who want to open their own legitimate either side hustles or full-time work, but they don't have the, the tools to do that. And so when I started thinking about my history and my, um, my experiences, I decided I needed to help them. So I Thrive Mind is also a coaching vehicle for not just ex-huns, but women or non-binary people, basically anybody who isn't a cis man, because I am not, that's not my wheelhouse, but um, to their own legitimate businesses. So here, like anybody from like startups to 
business expansion. Like I'm here to help you, to serve you and to make sure to help you align your businesses and just take all of that energy and try to help you get on the right path. And I'm just really about empowering people who have the vision, have the dream, but need the tools. And so that's, that's kind of what I do. Um, it's still, you know, I've been really lucky this year in, or last year into getting into work with some really cool people, but I really want to offer this to this demographic in particular, because Huns and, you know, people who have worked for MLMs, they have the, the skills, the drives, the talent, they need the legitimate non-BS non-MLM blowing smoke up your butt stuff it, it, it just like we're unstoppable we just need someone who's actually going to tell us hey here here are the secrets here are the things that we need to do so um yeah and I think that this uh, demographic is an unstoppable force and and I want to create lots of lots of entrepreneurs <laughs> Um, it was really cool. Like when you reached out to me, I, like, I have people that have been like, you're doing so great and everything, but like you reached out to me and you were like, let's team up and like, let's partner together. And I was like, oh my God, somebody believes in me. And so I'm really excited, um, for you to be able to help other people to have somebody that believes in them and helps them to like, get started with growing their businesses and just like, making big changes in the world because I feel like you're just so wonderful and you're I'm really excited I'm just so excited <laughs> and that is the energy of Thrive Mind it's like it's it's not just it's not just people telling you what you want to hear it's actual you know real change and what the best part about coaching for me is that I learn from every single client that I have and it's it's a back and forth collaborative thing and I, I I have never been I've never been so satisfied in what the, what I'm doing and that that is why I want to do it and it just it feels really good so I'm I'm really excited to be here yay all right so you were in in three MLMs or you were in two MLMs and then you had an interesting encounter <laughs> so Technically, I was enrolled in one MLM, okay. and and then I have two that are. I have two experiences that I think are are interesting. Um, my very first and only, where I was actually on the books, was Avon. Okay, and um, so I should preface this with: I was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, otherwise known as Mormons. Um, I'm not like Mark Stidham. I will actually call them Mormons without like being like weird. Like I was watching Lula Rich last night and he was like, we are known sex. So uh, what's that word? He's like, We're known as Mormons. I'm like, yeah, dude, like <laughs> that's what we call ourselves. That's it's like, I guess like a couple years ago they decided, oh, we don't want to be called Mormons anymore. And it's like, but, but that's our book. Like we had a whole campaign called I'm a Mormon. Like, anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but yeah, when Yvonne hit me, um, like three girls in my ward were doing it. And like, girl was like, you should sign up underneath me. And I was like, okay. Because um, I was buying, I think I was buying like bubble bath or something like that. I was buying like, I was buying stuff to make sure she hit her quotas. And I kind of didn't understand the business model. I was like, I don't know. And so she referred me to the district manager and the district manager, holy cow, this woman, when I think back on it now, I'm like, you, like, if you were in a legitimate business, you would be unstoppable because you, you're kind of a sociopath. Like she just didn't, um, was no question that I had that she didn't have like a canned answer for. 
that wasn't something that would yeah she just she was on it and to give you like a little bit of context like I was in a pretty soul-sucking job at the time uh, where I felt very stuck it was during the I think it was like 2012 so we were still feeling the effects of like the great recession and everywhere I turned it was like you're never going to be able to get another job so you just need to suck suck it up and deal with this really toxic environment and this was like she saw me coming a mile away like she saw I'm really enthusiastic I have really good skills but I have really low self-esteem and she knew all the you know buttons to push and she was like and I can see you advancing to here and here and here and you can be just like me and like every time because like for my first like six months I sold the crap out of it like I was really good at it it was really you know I was going to all the meetings and you know doing really pushing the thing and like I was always at the top of the top of the list like top sellers top blah 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 and but I wouldn't recruit because I didn't want the like I knew kind of how subpar the products were and I was like this isn't my brand this isn't this is not something that I want to use my network to to push because it's just not yeah it's not something I see doing long term but I was getting the dopamine of like I'm really good at this and here are all the lists but like she kept pressuring me to recruit and I didn't really realize it like because I wasn't in therapy then because um I just I didn't have health care I I had this Like something was boiling under the surface and I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and doing, you know, going to crackers on the weekend and, you know, staying up till three in the morning to make sure my catalogs were going out. And, um, and yeah, I was, I was stumbling towards a, a nervous breakdown and I, from the, the, the pressure of my soul sucking day job. And then my, you know, really time-consuming side hustle that I didn't even realize was costing me like a ton of money that I wasn't getting back. Um, yeah, I was, I was, you know, trigger warning, but suicide ideation was happening and I didn't have a word for it. And I, you know, every day thought several times that that was like, here's my plan, here's how I'm going to do it. And then in May of that year, I think I'd signed up in January or something, um, a really good friend of mine killed himself and my world stopped. And I realized one, I hadn't spoken to him in like four months and because I was, you know, my whole life was Avon and, you know, I had become a, that. I got to get my sales. I got to, if I'm talking to somebody, it's going to be because I am trying to sell the Avon. Um, things have happened. It was like, okay, this really, this really influential person in my life was gone. And now I have to confront, oh crap, that could have been me because I you know I these suicidal thoughts had been happening and um I realized that I had to I had to get some help and so um you know I was engaged at the time I'm not married to this this man and I looked at him and I said I can't because he was the person I was talking to about my suicidal thoughts and I was like I'm sorry that I ever put you through this I'm sorry that like I would I had no idea what this kind of pain would be and, and that was when I was like, I need to, you know, get help because I, I didn't want to affect him like that. And, um, and, you know, obviously my mental health is about me, but that was in, that's how I metabolized it at the time of like, oh, I didn't know what, what kind of effect this would have on other people. So, and that was kind of my window into getting help. Um, but of course I went MIA on the upline. 
and I'm getting in my upline like the district manager was kind of my upline because my upline was not super aggressive um she she never really pressured me into doing sales but um you know she put me on one she started just calling like oh why haven't you put in your sales and I'm like I I've had a death like I need a break and she will just make sure you you know do this so you can keep your discount or what I can't remember exactly what she said but then it started getting more and more aggressive and it was like you know I hadn't excuse me put things in for a month and she was like irate and apoplectic she was just like I can't believe you're doing this you're abandoning yourself you're abandoning your dreams and and I I was very frank with her and I like put something up online about my mental health or something like that and this this bitch had the audacity to tell me on like a public Facebook thread that I what did she say you know work work is a way for you to you know make sure that you're secure and the reason you're feeling sad is because you're not giving enough to your business I was like my friend just died and I was like I told you I'm having a mental health issue and then so I blocked her I was like I'm done and then like my friend sending me like screenshots or like I don't even think she was sending me screenshots because we didn't do that that back then but like she's saying this and she's putting you on blast and she's putting you on blast in the Facebook group and I was like oh bitch like I and that was like I burned it down I was like I sent a letter and like it was I mean that was like my last draw so yeah oh my god oh my god I like (sighs) okay breathe (laughs) I'm so (laughs) mad I'm so mad that another like I just get so angry when other human beings like treat people like they are trash like literally I'm a commodity for you and nothing else like I I do not I I don't vibe with that at all like you are trying to take care of yourself you're taking a step back you're focusing on you you're trying to get stuff together and she has the nerve to say all of that to you like absolutely not well and to use me as an example for her other you know, her other people, because we're making her money, like, and that, I kind of didn't understand that, um, because I was just, like, you know, I, making money, so, you know, she should get, I mean, I was very, like, drinking the Kool-Aid, but, and I guess that's maybe what attracted me to your podcast, was because, like, of the mental health element, because my trauma is so specifically, like, mental health related, Mm -hmm. um, also, I mean, I just love talking mad shit about MLMs, but um, I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, no, it was, um, that was the first time that I was like, oh, I'm just numbers to you. I'm numbers and nothing else. And that's, I'm a person. And like, I think that at that point, like I had never, because my self-esteem was so low, I had like just expected all of this. I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm only valuable to those in as much as that I can serve them. And that was like my aha moment. That was a huge, I mean, of course, like it's still, I mean, I had Avon boxes in my, I had Avon, I think I moved in 20, 2018. And so this was like 20, 2013. Yeah, it was 2013. Um, boxes and in my house until I moved in 2018 and they all just went in the trash you know and it was like but I like couldn't that was like my I couldn't deal with so yeah I definitely um that was my big big experience with actually being an enrolled hun and and yeah it was a nightmare and even to this day, I like see Avon 
products and I just start to itch because one, they're plastic, everything in Avon, like I, yeah, I don't, it's almost, their catalogs almost remind me of Amway where it's like, there's so much stuff and it's like, yeah, just buy things from, I mean, buy things like normal people. Yeah. So. It's, Avon is so interesting too. Like, I don't really have any experiences with Avon except for when I was a kid. Like, somebody that I knew must have sold it because I remember like going over to my friend's house and they like would have Avon catalogs and stuff like that. And we'd always like flip through and like look at the lip glosses and all that stuff. And like, but like I was like 10. Right. <laughs> so, like, I had no idea. I was just like, ooh, lip gloss. That's cool. <laughs> Well, and now when I think about it, like, I'm, when did I ever, like, how did they get me? Because, like, I wear Dior, like, I wear, like, I very, like, specific skin that is, like, that needs good products, and, like, yet I'm wearing this, like, $10 $10 BB cream and it's like yeah it was it was always against my my brand I just I really needed that like affirmation of like you're you're something and you have purpose yeah so yeah and it's saw me coming from a mile away <laughs> I feel like MLMs are like traps for anyone that has any sort of self-doubt or any sort of like struggling with their self-esteem because like you get love bond and it feels so good and you're we live in this society that's so mean and like so just like that it just doesn't care which is like very much apparent as you like took a step back that she was also part of that problem part of that society of not actually caring but she put on such a good, you know, she put on such a good show for you to make you feel Bombed like is the exact right word. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, that's so sad. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. I, I miss, I miss him. Um, he is very missed. Um, you know, we've lost friends since then. Um, that was like my, my first big loss and it was, um, yeah, it was a very, um, edifying, just emotional, um, time in my life, but he's, he's gone, but not forgotten. And, and, uh, yeah, he's still, you know, very much a, an everyday part of my life and my thoughts. So I, I really appreciate it. Um, and now I, you the funniest story about this is my funny story for MLM so now I have to tell you my funny story so um for those of you who are not Mormon um we are governed by um we're set up geographically in like where we where we live is dictated where we go to church and we're all set up in what are called stakes and state like I'm sorry, the, the Mormon church is like the ultimate pyramid scheme, the way that it's set up. When you look at the organizational structure, I'm like, oh, but that's, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but come back for faith manipulation month in March, if you want. <laughs> Hell yes. Oh my God. Um, so we lived in the, what it's, I'll call it the, the, it's a rich bitch ward. Like it's very rich, it, but, it, and what was irritating about this ward in particular was it was multi-million dollar mansions on a golf course in section eight and no in between. Um, I guess we were kind of in the in-between cause we were, we were in like a little condo that was very, um, very nice. And we were right next to the affordable housing. I'm very pro affordable housing. But, um, it was, we were obviously on the poorer side of the, of the ward and, um, full disclosure, my husband and I are both very rotund. We are, we are big people and I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty body positive and that's, you know, I don't have a problem with my weight, but outwardly, like, um, you know, 
I'm kind of a magnet for all of the weight weight loss MLMs. And it's like, cool. Telling me I'm fat is not going to, is not going to sell, is not going to help your sales people. But, um, so the power structure of award is very, you, you know, very straightforward. It's, we have our Bishop who's like our minister or whatever. And then he has two counselors and those people pretty much run the ward and any, like any recognition or power or, any kind of like clout you have in the church is run through them. So I had been, it been in this ward for about two years and I was, you know, I'm, I realized that I'm on the poorer side. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't have a lot of visibility and I'm a Leo. So I kind of need constant, you know, recognition. Um, and so the, one of the counselors calls me and is like, I'd like to come over to your house and talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, like they must want me to do something special or something, you know, or they must, you know, need me to, cause you know, being Mormon, it's all about service. And that's how you, you know, earn your Mormon heaven clout. Um, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I love that you're laughing. Thank you. Um, it, it like took me a second to like process Mormon heaven clout that just chef's kiss. That was hilarious. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and so he and his wife come over to my house. I have like been speed cleaning like a demon. Um, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, they're just they're coming to your house like and um and something that you should know is that if you were being asked to do something officially for the church you get called to the bishop's office and that's where you get your official ask to do something um I didn't know that so they walk in and I'm just in a tizzy and they proceed to ask us to join their it works team and i was like oh and like i i do not know like i do not know what like i was thinking in the moment but like i can feel my husband going oh my god what is happening cuz he didn't he doesn't know anything about it works and so i'm like you mean the coffee that makes you poop yourself? Like, we're Mormon. We're not supposed to drink coffee. Like, and like, he's talking about the wraps and like, and like all throughout this conversation, there's like this unspoken word of like, we just think you'd be so perfect. And I'm like, is it because we're poor or is it because we're fat? Which one is it? And like, and I'm like, it's both. It's obviously both. And like the, you could feel the no in the room, but like he just kept trying and the wife is like so obviously embarrassed. Like she's like, like her whole body language is like, they're saying no, like this is not happening, but he just kept trying. And it was like, one, using your spiritual, like manipulation authority to do this but like this is so shady like it's so shady what are you doing and um obviously like we never even like it was like we're never going to talk about this again like this is, this will never be spoken of um but like my husband if it was my fiance at the time was like I'm like when they left he's like I'm so embarrassed for them because like what was I, I think what what had led them in was their kid or something needed help because they were retirees and like I think it was like they were their kids down line or something like that and it was just like my husband's a very compassionate person but he was like uh <laughs> like this is not this is not this is not good and yeah I but that's my funny story but I'm also kind of like oh I feel bad for you <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's uh 
that's cringy. Like, I'm definitely a manipulation of power there, right? Because they were, they were like important in the church. Right. Yeah. They were basically our, um, I mean, yeah, they're, he wasn't the bishop, but like he, if the bishop, you know, was sick for some reason, he was, he was like, you know, the runner up for Miss America or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he, yeah, like they definitely have, like, if I needed something or if I need, like, cause like the Mormon church is all about like, you know, welfare, spiritual welfare, but like, you know, if you, um, got fired from your church, you know, got fired from your job and you needed help, you could go to them and be like, here, I need food for the week. And they would, you know, they provide groceries, they provide rent, they provide like their, um, very much, they don't believe in welfare, but they believe in like, you know, we take care of our own so that you shouldn't have to rely on the government but really what that means is we they like we want you to rely on us so that we have power over you and yeah i i've never been in that position of like needing to ask for financial help from the church but i know a lot of people who have and they use like every little bit of shame that they can to like wield control so yeah i know it's it was definitely spiritual overreach you know, like you have power over me and my family and also just icky. It was just icky. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, if I would like to address, um, that like in this situation, like I, I recognize that you, at least, at least you're doing a good job of thinking or not thinking of presenting that the word fat isn't bad. Um, I want to address this, like the word fat isn't bad. Like we all have fat and um, the MLMs, like they're using our insecurities and this like societal pressure of like society has like made the word fat bad, but it's not a bad word. Like we need fat. We need to eat fat. We need to have fat. If we don't have fat, we die. So like some of us have more than others and that's okay. And we love everyone just the same because what the fuck? (laughs) Well, and also like, I'm a full on disabled person. Like I have, there are things in my body that it's like, like right now I'm on a sick day because I literally, I'm in a pain flare right now. I have constant pain and it's like, my I could kill myself and try to like work out and all that and like I can't like it's just it is what it is and it has nothing to do with my weight people like assume that I'm you know oh you must be like diabetic or something there's nothing wrong being diabetic it's like no I'm I'm, my cholesterol is good my blood sugar is good I just can't move because my spine don't work like I mean and it's not anything to be ashamed of you know having diabetes or whatever but you know, they're acting like this, like me being overweight or fat is the end of the a world. mortal choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just, I mean, it, it is what it is. And, and I, you know, there are things that I could do to change it, but I, I don't want to hurt my body. And that, that actually leads me to Octavia I don't, I don't oh. even know it wasn't even called Octavia at the time but that's what it is as I say it Octavia I, I don't know I've called it both yeah um what was it called before do you know I can't never was it neutral <clears throat> it was so the one that I was in was called take shape for life oh and um and I think it's now they've changed it to Octavia Octavia or whatever yeah. um and it's um it might be the worst like I mean it just in terms of like the psychologically damaging the like it's so expensive like I mean Amway is Amway like Amway is the devil and Herbalife is the devil but this one I think it's actually hurting people yeah from like a physical standpoint so and my husband and I spoiler alert have physical ramifications from this that will probably last for the rest of our lives um 
so um, I'm going to take you back to 20, 2016, I think it is. Yes, 2016. Um, and surprise, it's another Mormon thing. Um, I was in a new job and making more money and all that. And I was really trying to like keep up with the Joneses um, of my rich bitch ward. <clears throat> Big mistake. Um, and I was like really putting a lot of money into my appearance and a lot of money into my clothes. And I was like really trying to project this like, I'm just as good as you, Becky's. Um, and how can I even explain this? So women traditionally, I shouldn't even say traditionally, women in the Mormon church don't have any power. We are marginalized to a huge degree. And, um, and yeah, there's, there's no respect for women. There's no respect for, um, like we don't have a seat at the table, but there is one organization in, within the Mormon church where we get some kind of power and some kind of influence. And that is in the, um, the youth, um, the youth, um, side of, we all have individual groups that we sit in within the church. So like, I'm a woman, so I'm governed by the Relief Society, which is the women's organization. And we have a counterpart for that, for the, for the youth. And that is young men and young women's and young women's is the most really the most important auxiliary within the church because it's where we teach women to um you know let the church control our lives forever um and being the young women's president in a ward is kind of the equivalent of being a rock star like they they really take it seriously and to be the young women's president you have to like adhere to all these values and like you really need to to be like outwardly the perfect Mormon woman it helps if I unmute right um so would you say that being the president is like equivalent to being Roberta Blevins in the anti-MLM community yes (laughs) except that Roberta doesn't suck (laughs) yeah that's true Um, and like when when I was watching Lula Rich, like Deanne gives major young women's presidency energy. Like she is like, like she you could tell she was always the queen bee of her ward. Um, and you know, in speaking in like influence, like they have the most influence. They are, it's like they're the plastics of the ward. They're like you know when you see them coming, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's Regina George. <laughs> like, um, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I attracted the attention of the young women's president and I didn't know why. And I was like, oh my gosh, she thinks I'm cool. I must be cool. And then I get the phone call, I get the phone call and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I being called to the young women's presidency? <gasps> oh my gosh. And like I wasn't being called the presidency, but I was being called as a teacher, which is kind of the same thing. Like you're all, all of a sudden you're in the click. Oh my gosh, are you frozen? Did I lose you? So all of a sudden I got the call. I got I was like, oh my gosh, am I being called to the young women's presidency? And it turns out I was being called as a teacher, which is fine. It's the same thing. You know, you're like, you're all in the same click. You're in the, you're in, you're in the circle. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm being onboarded to LuLaRoe. Like, <laughs> no, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like I got to work with the kids. I got to like teach the classes I was so happy I felt like oh my gosh this is finally my thing I'm contributing I'm so excited and I'm with these other women who are rock stars and like it was I mean it's awesome it just felt like I've arrived like I'm I'm one of them and then 
<laughs> and then I get the phone call. And or should I say I got the the message. I I like responded to some one of her posts or something like that. Cause all I knew about this woman, this young woman's president, I'm not gonna say her name, um, was that she was a health coach. And I knew that she had like like she had owned like jazzercise studios back in the day. Um and like was just all about like health and fitness. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds like something really cool. Like we could, you know, like I thought maybe she was thinking like nutritionist or something like that. And so then I, you know, we go and meet her for lunch, me and my husband and which lunch turned into, you know, glasses of sparkling water. There was no food. I was so mad. Uh, And she starts explaining the plan to us. And that's why, because they don't eat in Octavia. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, she starts explaining the plan and I'm like, we're buds. I'm like two months into, um, the young women. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I feel, you know, I'm so pumped up. I'm like, I'll basically do whatever you say at this point. And she explains the Octavia plan, which is, for those of you who are not familiar it's very expensive anorexia um you eat five meal replacements that are incredibly expensive and then you're allowed like a 500 calorie meal that has to consist of a very lean meat like maybe i think i think my husband got five ounces of meat and i got three and a green vegetable and nothing else and which is i i hate how it's they, insane like, demonize they demonize so much food in this program but you have to eat a green vegetable you can't have carrots like seriously have, like what like what's wrong i couldn't with have carrots? eggplant what what's yeah. wrong what's wrong what's wrong with that what's wrong with i don't know yellow squash forget what's wrong what's wrong with those i don't yeah I, it just makes no. me so angry because like you can um this is just kind of putting me on my little soapbox but like about nutrition but my fiance is a personal trainer so like this is my life (laughs) yeah um but like food isn't bad like you can eat whatever you want to eat but like you need to be able to like have a little bit of control sometimes like that's all well yeah and it's just like you know I was I've been on every single diet that you can possibly think of from the time I was eight years old, because my, I would like, you know, a lot of, a lot of girls, you know, are put on some fast diets, mm-hmm. but I begged my mom to let me be on slim fast or let me do this. Like I've done South beach. I've done like Atkins. I lost 80 pounds on Atkins. Um, like I know me some diets, so I don't know like what, I was thinking, you know, like thinking that this would work. Um, and this was before, you know, body positivity entered my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we signed up and it was, it was $800 a month for the two of us. Like we both, we both spent, you know, we both bought, you know, $400 on food and like, not to mention we have a child to feed. Like we have like, I think at this point we had like a five-year-old and I'm like, what? or no, he was like eight. But, um, I, when I was talking about like, I've never one at that point, I was like, I've never spent $800 on groceries in my life. Cause like I was a single mom. I'm like, when I was a single mom, I was spending $250 on groceries and we were eating a lot of macaroni, but whatever. Um, and she's like, Oh, you know, like, and so she's using my financial insecurity against me of like, cause I'm trying to be bougie like the rest of the ward and she's like oh really like what kind of food are you eating that you're not spending this type of money and then but I'm like so not only do I have to like buy this like $800 worth of stuff I also have to buy lean meats and you know vegetables that go bad really fast and then I also have to feed separately my kid and like my kid I'm not gonna like just feed my kid broccoli and chicken like my kid, like he needs real food. <laughs> like right. and he, you know, 
he's he's allowed to have dairy you know he's allowed to have cheese so it was a whole it was a whole mess and you know but I definitely got guilted into it and I let myself um I let myself go there and my husband to his credit is he's very easygoing he's basically like if you tell me to do this thing I'm gonna do this thing but I need you to do it with me and he did it he was all I mean he I mean men are men but like you know they can give up soda and lose 60 pounds um but he was doing it and like he looked he was like rocking and rolling and I was doing it too and I was losing weight I did lose to my credit a lot of weight um but it was not sustainable because I was starving I was so cranky and then um you know you start having problems and my, my husband my husband was of the mind of like I'm gonna eat when I'm hungry and I'm gonna make like yeah this you know this is working for me but I'm gonna I'm not gonna stop at like I'm gonna have green vegetables during the day so he had like you know he had celery and he like he would supplement with 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 stuff and he was he was still losing weight but me I was super hardcore because I'm like I'm a woman I'm gonna lose I'm gonna lose faster uh oh sorry I'm gonna lose slower so I was I was not eating and all of a sudden like gross but I stopped pooping I wasn't able to poop and it was like and so I would talk to her and she would just be like well you're not drinking enough water it's like bitch I'm drinking a ton of water like I'm drinking sparkling water I'm drinking water with lemon I'm drinking water like I'm I'm taking um what's it called um Metamucil I'm like I my body was not letting me go to the bathroom because I didn't have I wasn't eating enough and it was like this is a and like when I was going to the bathroom it was like the wrong color like I was not absorbing nutrients and she kept telling me well I'm a health coach and I'm a health coach and I wasn't googling because you know I I don't know like maybe I didn't want to know the truth I didn't want to like because that's another control tactic they use in the church is well don't ever listen to the naysayers because a lot of things on the internet aren't true it's like you know it's very like anti-vax um like do your own research you know and And by your own research they mean only listen to me exactly that agree with me yeah yeah I've done my research and um and yeah I um finally really like I finally like went to the doctor and he's like bitch eat (laughs) and like if you want to go on like a a calorie deficit diet do it but don't do it like don't eat the space food like this is like this is not I think he called it franken food or something um because the thing with Optivia is they like say you know oh it's everything that you need and it's scientifically proven it's like if you're a toddler like this is not enough calories and then like I hope I was exercising what's another thing they tell you on Optivia is they don't like don't exercise like you don't want to exercise enough calories to exercise exactly and I would like go on these like three or four mile hikes because I had energy because I was you know, losing weight. But then one day I straight up fainted when I went to, I was like going to the summit or whatever. I fainted and like had to be like, what's that word? Um, evacuated. Like they had to like get a golf cart and like come in. Cause I couldn't walk. And like, I was like, my potassium was off my, um, cause I couldn't eat bananas cause bananas have carbs. And, um, not to mention I was eating like a pile of, you know, a huge pile of broccoli every day. You think I'd have potassium, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was awful. And like my husband, we went off of it, you know, after that incident and I have ulcers <laughs> that, you know, I'll never, that, you know, they're dormant right now. Um, I also have hemorrhoids that, you know, from trying to go to the bathroom, TMI, I know. 
Um, but when we went off of it, my husband gained the weight back so fast. Um, just by eating, you know, we were angels and saints, but you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like eating a large pizza by himself every day, you know, but now he's now diabetic because he gained the weight back so fast and, you know, he's done really good work in terms of like controlling that. But I don't think that that he didn't have a family history. He didn't like, I genuinely think it was because his body was just so out of whack. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think that, um, Octavia, um, yeah, it's so frustrating to say, I don't, I mean, I can't say that it gave him diabetes because he, you know, it's his body, but, um, yeah, I, I think it was a huge player in, I mean, I know that there are things that happened to my body that would have never happened if we weren't part of that program, but, um, like I can own that, but he, he doesn't believe that the program contributed to, to diabetes, but I, I really do. I mean, so. like those programs are restrictive like they're so restrictive that like so what happens typically is you know you restrict you restrict you restrict you restrict you restrict and whatever you restrict on you're going to binge on later and like it just creates such an unhealthy relationship with food that like it it messes with you and I agree like like when you starve yourself and then even if you just start eating properly afterwards, your body's going to be like, oh my God, what, what's happening? Yeah. And like, I'm, um, to this day, I'm still really emotional about it. And my husband, um, he is, he's less mad about it because, you know, he's like, it is what it is. And like, I, he, he's, he's a big proponent of like, you know, I made these choices and, and all that, but he's also not the target. He's not the person, well, one, he's not the person who brought us into this. So I carry a lot of like self blame Mm -hmm. and all that, but he, um, he's not inundated in the same way that we are as women constantly. And so like, he he doesn't necessarily carry around a lot of that baggage of like, you know, I should have known better and blah, blah, blah. And, and, um, and, you know, you just, you feel guilty and you feel like, you know, I should have known better, but it's like, again, with the spiritual manipulation, I, um, I feel like I should have. I feel like I should have seen it coming. I feel like I I should have more responsibility. And then of course, like when I went off of it, um, the love bombing stopped. Um, I was no longer like the golden child of like, of the group. And um, I mean, cause like she would, I almost felt bad for her. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like you're getting a lot of money for the work that you're doing because like she would like stop by my house and like leave little gifts and like was constantly like on her end. It was like, I this has to be really frustrating because, oh, and I've completely forgotten this part. She really wanted me to become a coach. Oh, like I'm from, sure. <laughs> I, yeah. And like from the beginning, um, cause she was, you know, always really thin, um, from the beginning, it was like the, we're not saying the F word, but like she was like, you will be so much more of a, of an example and you'll be able to sell so well. Um, oh my when God. You, when you lose your weight, cause you could do before and after she's like, I've always been thin. I'm not a good story for this. And I'm like, bitch, like that's, that's not a way to talk to me. Like, like, Ooh, poor you. You've always been thin. Like, oh, yeah. Shut up. So sad. Um, and, and, like, and I do know that there are people that are thin and they struggle to gain weight. And I, I do acknowledge that that is a struggle. 
just not one that I've ever had. So seriously, it's hard to relate to it, but like, I do acknowledge you. I know that you exist and I'm not trying to make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But um, like, like yeah. just like, I don't know. It just feels so, that was so manipulative. So, it's so manipulative. Predatory. Well, and like, and then I realized like, I, cause I didn't realize it was an MLM. I'm like, oh, you want me to make money for you? Yeah. Like, not only do you want me to be your client, you want me to be your, your, um, your child. Seriously. And you're, you know, I'm the kid on the corner trying to sell you a dime bag or something. Like, it's like, I'm not going to be your, your low level drug dealer here, hun. <laughs> like, thanks. Um, yeah, I just, I, I had kind of forgotten about that. Cause yeah, it was before I even started that she was like, you're be so great as a coach. I'm like, yeah. Why did I see this coming? Why? But yeah. Um, so then um, I think like, so I stopped doing the program. We kind of just didn't talk about it because I just stopped making orders and I was like eating pizza, you know, in front of her. So she was like, oh, I remember one time we were doing a, an activity where um, it was like some sort of like quiz or something like that. And like their rewards were candy bars, the little girl, the girls, the the young women and she also brought candy bars for for the the leaders too and then she brought me a bar she brought me like an Octavia bar and I was like rude like, oh my god rude like here this skinny blonde girl gets a Twix but you get like a s'more bar it's gonna you know turn to dust in your mouth oh my god <laughs> Someone the other day um, told me that they love the s'more bars, so I was like, okay. You know, of the of the products, the s'more bar was definitely the Twix of um my my husband actually got really creative with some of the the things like because they had mashed potatoes, right? And they also had these um what were they called? They were supposed to be like um they were supposed to taste like pork rinds. They were um not but they were like nacho cheese flavored or something like that but it was like the consistency of a pork grind and my husband would grind them up in the food processor and use them as breadcrumbs mm, and yeah. make little fish cakes like he would he would like make little tuna cakes my husband actually got like really creative with the with space food and I'm like I basically I ate a lot of chocolate pudding and a lot of s'mores bars because like I'm a sweets person like I yeah like sweets are my thing so he he would eat all of the savory stuff and like make it you know try to make it into actual food which is maybe why he he stayed on it longer than I did (laughs) yeah but um yeah no some of that some of the like I would probably still eat a s'mores bar if I you know didn't have such a net a negative you know thing with the company but yeah yeah. it's like as soon as you have like that bad taste in your health mouth about the MLM it's like like I have my Arbonne skincare and I literally will like put it on my face and I'm like this stuff doesn't even work probably <laughs> like I'm so jaded but I'm like I spent all this money on this stuff I'm just gonna rub it on my face <laughs> well when you're ready to um go on to non-MLM skincare I like I after after Avon I became like the skincare like skincare is my hobby Ooh. like I love skincare <laughs> Oh, I will definitely be reaching out to you. You'll you'll get a text message from me. Okay, I need new skincare help. <laughs> okay. um, nothing. And it, you know, it's nice because I have so much money now because I'm not spending <laughs> it on eight hundred dollars of space food. That's making it's, me sick. It's so funny how once you stop contributing to an MLM, how everyone has more money, right? Yes, yes, less friends, but um, well, yeah. Well, now I, I'm I'm not a member of the church anymore, so that. Um, but there is a whole, I mean, the whole correlation between MLMs and the church is just terrifying. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Is there any other parts of your story that you want to add before I ask you your final question? No, I think I'm good. Like I, this is, I feel like I've like been doing an exorcism of like, <laughs> of like 
Um, there are, I think I, I, I said the most of it. Um, I just, I guess I didn't realize how affected by MLMs I was, you know, and that, um, until I started listening to the podcast and, and, um, I, I didn't even really think about the take shape for life slash Optivia. Um, I didn't think of that as an MLM thing and how much it had, you know, affected my psychology. Yeah. Um, it was how listening to this podcast. So, well, it, even when we originally talked and I was like, you should be on the podcast. You were like, I don't have a story. And then you were like, okay, I guess I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, yeah, if I could, if I, I guess like it really, I mean, listening of course to like Roberta's podcast, which led me to you. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't realize how, how much of my life it affected. So I'm really grateful. So I'm really grateful to like have come to terms with my MLMness. <laughs> it, it feels good to work through it and to be on the other side and be like, okay, I know what that is. It is not magic. It's just a horse with painted stripes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So what is your anti-MLM why? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, my anti-MLM why is, and I guess it also is my business why, is there is, Mark Stidham says it in, in uh, Lula Rich. There's an untapped resource of stay-at-home moms. Like, he's <laughs> such a D-bag. Um, but we as women are unstoppable forces of energy and chaos. Like, we're, there's nothing we can't do. And... The MLM, I believe, was created to take advantage and to commodify that that force that we've been given that is so unique to us to make it work for them. Yeah. And I want to make it work for us because we're we're taken advantage of in so many facets of our life that I am infuriated and I just want, I want you, I want me, I want, you know, any woman who's listening to this to get their own piece of the pie and not, and not feel bad about it. Like we're, we're deserving of things and we're deserving of our own, something that's our own that makes us money and makes us feel good. And I believe that MLMs are a crime against women. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never really thought of it that way, but I mean, we are definitely the targeted population. I mean, that's affected. Yeah. And it, we, we continue to hurt ourselves and hurt each other with this toxic, toxic business model. And when we break free of that, we're unstoppable. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Where can people find you? How can they find about or contact you about your business or an I don't know. Uh, so first and foremost, please visit thrivemindllc.com. And um, there will be a little like intro video there of like where, what we can do, just get on the mailing list and I'll contact you. You can also visit me on Instagram at Allie Heatherly Coach or Thrive Mind Co. At Thrive Mind Co. Um, and yeah, I just... Um, I want to, I don't know if you want to shout out your TikTok too. Oh gosh. What is it? Uh, I'll put it in the show notes if you're not sure. Okay. But like, you guys should definitely check out her TikTok. Cause, um, you do a lot of funny, like 
mean, you've been talking about the essential oils and like you keep like responding to people's comments that are just <laughs> outrageous. People are putting these oils in places where oils are not meant to go. And it's just like, no, just stop. No, it doesn't belong in your hoo-ha. Stop it. It does not just, belong there. Yeah. No. Do not, do not. I don't care yeah. if you put a carrier oil in it. Don't don't put yeah. it in there. Lavender oil does not belong in your vagina. No. It does not. But no. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. I am so excited for everyone to like find out how awesome you are because you're awesome. <laughs> Yay. All right, awesome. everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you uh, screenshot it, rate the podcast, tell all of your friends. I would love the support. All right. I hope you enjoyed. Bye.